Yo, 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 what's going on, man? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, okay, this is like one of those pinch me moment kind of interviews. I got to sit down with John Gordon. If you don't know John Gordon, this guy was one of the front runners of the positive psychology movement a long time ago, uh, but kind of through a personal development lens. Now, those might have been a bunch of triggering words for you. Maybe you're like, ah, Cynthia, no, I don't want positive psychology. I don't want your personal development stuff. Um, don't worry. That's not why I brought John on. Um, he has had a spiritual awakening and he just released a book called The One Truth. It is literally all about the gospel message through a lens of connectedness and and um, relationship and uh, basically abandoning, I'm sorry, abandoning this sort of isolated, deprived, separate lifestyles that has been fostered in Western culture and embracing a life of oneness with God, of connectedness with God. Um, it is a phenomenal book. He's a phenomenal resource. And this was a fantastic interview um, to give you an idea of who this guy is. Okay. If we wanted John to come speak in an event, it would cost us $75,000. Okay. This guy rubs shoulders with John Maxwell's and Patrick Lencioni's and he was on the Craig Grishel podcast. Uh, he was uh, on Ed Milet's podcast and he's a bit of an advisor to him at times. Uh, we're talking about somebody who is highly regarded. He coaches and consults for uh, a majority of the major professional sports teams in North America, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. Uh, this guy is prolific. He's profound. And little old me had a chance to sit down with him. His assistant would only give us 30 minutes. They would only give us 30 minutes to interview him. I said, no problem. This interview probably went on for about 40. John was enjoying it so much. He stuck around. After the interview, we stuck around and chatted for another 15 minutes. He's just a super phenomenal guy, um, incredibly kind. But uh, that's, that's who he is. Um, this message, though, guys, the way he was able to integrate his message into the addiction recovery process is like nothing we've ever had on this show before. So you're in for a real treat, not just because you're going to listen to somebody who's world-class in his craft, but somebody whose message is imperative for you to listen if you're in the recovery journey. So I know you're going to be blessed by this. Um, I'm so proud of this interview. I'm, I'm like giving myself a little pat on the back that we got to interview someone of this caliber. Uh, this is the first of many more to come in his space. You know, um, we're going to do some great things with this show, especially the way you guys have been sharing it and spreading the word. We appreciate it. Please keep that up. But in the meantime, enjoy my interview uh, with John Gordon. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right. Well, I'm here with the legendary John Gordon, author of The One Truth and so many other incredible books as well. John, thanks for your time today, man. Man, so great to be with you. So you got a really good message. This is quite different, I would say, from some of your other stuff. Uh, you've done a lot of work on leadership and teams and positivity and mindset. But you really went for, uh, I would say, a much more spiritually anchored kind of message in this book. Talking about the one truth, can you um, unpack for us maybe just some of the inspiration behind this book in the first place? Well, the interesting thing is when you think about teamwork, you think about leadership, the one truth is actually the power, the understanding behind all of it. Because what does a leader do? Bring people together to create oneness, oneness of mission, oneness of purpose, oneness of the same goal. Dabo Sweeney, who's the coach of Clemson University football, wrote a great quote for the book and said, his goal as a coach 
is to create oneness and oneness of mission and oneness of focus and to get his team to be one united team. So once you understand that, you can see how, okay, oneness and separateness play out in everything. Am I separate? Am I divided? Am I disconnected? And then I'll be weak? Or am I connected, united, one? And when I'm that way, I am powerful. And so you can see how that plays out in terms of oneness and separateness, in terms of everything in our life, also including our our mental health, our mental state. You go from oneness to separateness when you are not feeling very positive. You actually go towards negativity, positive to negative. All mental health disorders report feelings of being alone and isolated and disconnected. And so you can see how that plays out as well. And then the root for the Greek word of anxious means to separate and divide. And so when you're anxious, you feel separate and you feel divided. You don't feel one, so you feel weak and you feel powerless. So then you you do things that try to give you a sense of, of power. And that's where addictions come in and other forms of trying to reach for oneness or have the experience or the feeling of oneness. And you try to do it in all sorts of ways, but they all leave you feeling empty because you're really longing for the oneness that you want, the oneness that you seek, and also really the oneness that you are. That's why it's called the one truth, because the truth is you are one, not separate. And when you know the truth and you see the lie, then you become so much more powerful in this world. So a long, deep answer, but yes, nothing that I wrote before is like this. It is very unique, (laughs) very different, which is really cool, right? You write 28 books. This is my 28th. And people were expecting one thing. And I had the greatest compliment. I got an email the other day. Hey, John, got your book. I thought it was going to be like your other books. Like, okay, here's John's book on positivity or some sort of positive angle like his other books. And then I read it and I was like, wow. And I loved it. So, So at least the people who have experienced me in the past and my other books in terms of positivity still really feel connected to this book as well, even though it goes deeper. Yeah, and the timing is significant in my opinion because I think we are more isolated, more lonely, and disconnected really than ever before, which is kind of ironic because people might have even just heard what you said about oneness and they're like, John, I'm, I'm not separate. Like, look at all these people I interact with, look at all the messages, all the social media, but I feel like we get a lot of fake connection that kind of exacerbates that feeling of being lonely and isolated And it's why addictions are on the rise. Anxiety is on the rise. My goodness, that's an epidemic in of itself. Um, I think people people maybe would be familiar with like, okay, I know when I'm isolated or I know when I'm lonely. But people, there's probably people listening, I would say even myself included, who hear the word oneness and are going, what are you talking about? Like, is that just having things in common or you get along and there's no conflict? Or what exactly does it mean to be one with someone else, let alone with, you know, the living God? Wow, that's such a great question to be able to explain it at a deep level. You <laughs> yeah. want to go really deep. Let's go for you, it. You are a soul and you have a spirit. You're a spirit and a soul. Your soul gives you your sense of self. Like Your soul is who you are. It's why you actually experience yourself as separate from other people. But you also have this spirit and other people have a spirit. And God has a spirit. God is spirit. That's why when we're made in the likeness and image of God, We have a spirit that's made in the likeness and image of God's spirit. And so when your spirit and God's spirit are one, you become one spirit. Corinthians 6.17 says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And so as you join to your creator, 
and are connected to your creator. You are one with your creator and you're meant to be one with your creator. You're not meant to be separate. You're meant mm -hmm. to be one spirit. And that's when you find your power. Like when we are surrendering and praying and trusting and practicing gratitude, we move closer and closer towards that one spirit and feeling connected to God. And so that's what it means. Now in other, other traditions, there's a term namaste, which means the spirit in me recognizes the spirit in you. It's right. basically saying there's a spirit. You have a spirit, I have a spirit, and we are recognizing the spirit in each other. But the soul gives you a sense of, of self and yes, a sense of separateness. But at the spirit level, you're all one. Now, what makes you you is you have a spirit and a soul. And it's like they're different elements. They're not the same thing, but they form together to create you. Just like there's hydrogen and oxygen, different elements. But when brought together, they make water. And so your soul and your spirit make you. And so when you are connected to your creator, your spirit is joined with God's spirit. When you're connecting to others, like couples, for instance, 99% of couples who pray together stay together, but 50% who go to church stay together. The same as non-churched and church. So it's not the church that makes you have a stronger relationship. It's the prayer together. And why is that? Because as you're praying with your spouse and you're praying with God, all your spirits are becoming one spirit and you're right. aligning into that spirit. And there's so much power in that one spirit and feeling that spirit. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, uh, you are the vine, I am the branch. Apart from me, you could do nothing. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will produce much fruit. Mm. He's basically saying it's about oneness coming together as <laughs> one not separate, but one. And there's there's so many different scriptures that, that actually talk about oneness and connecting to that oneness. So that's what it really means to be one, but it's from a spiritual standpoint. If you're looking at your physical, like your physical body not can't necessarily merge into another physical body, but if you think about right. it, your body is just energy and your skin is just energy. And when you die, your body, your skin just turns to dust. So what are you really? You are spirit and soul, and you're an energetic being living in an energetic reality. So if you can actually get your body to, to vibrate fast enough, you would actually then just be this higher vibration of who you are. Just like water turns to steam, it's, it's now vapor instead of an, a liquid substance. And obviously it vibrates even slower, it's ice. And so we have those elements within us. We're just energetic beings. And so I would say the spirit and the soul is the highest form of our vibration of our energy. Our shell, our skin is a slower vibration. But at the deepest level, our souls and our spirits connect to other souls and other spirits at the deep mm. spiritual level. And that's what it means. So that's why when, when you're connecting with another other human being and you're having a great relationship or a great conversation, the love that you have for each other starts to merge your spirits together. And even at the biological level, research from heart math shows that as two people are having a connection, their hearts actually start to synchronize together. That's two right, hearts the heartbeats. start to yeah. beat as one. And yeah. that's what it means. So again, very deep to share that, but if you really understand the nature of our reality, it makes so much more sense. If you look at another human being, you're like, oh no, we're just solid human beings. And this is a physical world and there's no energy behind anything. If you would see that or think that you're actually just believing the lie 
But so many people go through this life in this world believing the lie that they are separate, that everything is physical, that there is nothing to this energetic reality, and that when you die, you turn to dust, and this is all that there is. But if you really understand the nature of reality, everything I say in the one truth makes so much more sense. Mm. But it is the truth, and that's why it makes sense. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it, it's just to give people an idea of how biblical this is, that scripture you quoted in 1 Corinthians 6, where the word, it, it says joined, right? He who is joined is joined to the Spirit. And yeah. the Greek word there means to glue. Wow. It's like it's like it's so together that it's flush. You can't tell one apart from the other. And um, that, like 1 Corinthians 6, I've studied inside and out because we're dealing with sexual addictions with our work, and it talks a lot about that. And um, that that whole concept you just said is so... It's so critical. So I, I guess on the other side, why is it that, um, like, I've heard you say, you've talked about how when you live in oneness, uh, you don't live in fear, right? You you live in love. Um, when you live in oneness, you're not anxious about the future. You're present in the moment. Can you elaborate on just some of these things? Because you're talking to an audience who has these behavioral patterns that they want to eliminate, typically of a sexual nature. And it's very clear to me, oneness is obviously part of this solution. That's a huge thing we emphasize. You probably wouldn't know this, but there's a, there's a little phrase in the addiction world, which is that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. Mm. Um, or you can substitute oneness in there, right? Like it's oneness. It's that deep, flush kind of connection. So for someone who's listening to this and saying, okay, John, you got me. You know, I'm, I'm living separate. I'm living in my own world here. I know that I'm not actually connected. I'm not experiencing oneness. Um, are there different dimensions to this? Is there kind of oneness within yourself becoming a whole person versus your relationship with God? Or are they all interconnected? How, how does somebody go about maybe trying to walk this out a bit more, John? They're all connected and everything is connected. And so yeah. when you're connected to God and you experience that oneness with God, you actually start to care about the one. Mm -hmm. And the more you're united and connected to God, you feel more whole, W-H-O-L-E. When you're separate from God, you recognize you have a hole in your soul, H-O-L-E. And that hole is what? A wound. And the wound is what? Separateness. If you think about a skin wound, there's a cut in the skin. There's a separation of the skin. A healed wound becomes whole again. And so I really believe we go from wholeness through the journey of life and separation and trauma and experiences that actually make us feel more and more separate. And then we have these wounds come up from the events that we've had in our lives and the, the, the trauma that we've experienced. And that wound then creates a separation. And even at the neurological level, even schizophrenia is what? A separation, schizo, a separation yeah. of the brain. Right. We say bipolar, two polars, you know, acting not united, but separate. We have all these different terminologies that we talk about as we move away from from oneness towards separateness, we get more and more dysfunctional and we have more mental health issues. And so you can see how this plays out as we become more whole or as we become more one, we feel more wholeness. And because we feel more connected to God, that starts to heal us. It renews us and it renews our mind. It renews our soul. It renew, renews our being. So Romans 8, 5, 6 says a mind governed by the flesh leads to death. A mind governed by the spirit leads to life and peace. Mm -hmm. To me, that's everything right there. The fact that is your soul, which is the integrator. The soul is the integrator between the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh and the spirit are at odds with each other. So are you living by the flesh, the addiction that leads to death? Or are you living by the spirit that leads to life and peace? The spirit is renewing your mind. 
It is making your mind whole and healthy. It is nourishing your soul. It is giving you restoration. If you're being governed by the flesh, it's actually temporary relief that is not restoring you, but maybe giving you relief, but eventually more and more pain and shame and guilt and dysfunction and leading to more and more wounding, more and more separation. So you can see how that plays out. That Romans 8, 5, 6 is just genius. It's so brilliant. It's such truth. It's literally right there, like boom, right in the middle. It should hit you right between the odds and in, in, in the eyes and let you know, okay, am I, am I living a life of separation or oneness? Am I allowing the flesh to drive me or am I allowing God to drive me? So there are different elements to this and, and different levels. And then if you look at someone who's going through, you know, a tough time or an addiction, you can see how that wound is causing them to act in such a way where they feel separate. Mm. And because they feel separate, again, the gap between oneness and separateness, because you don't feel one, you now want to try to fill the gap with mm. things that make you feel better, that give you relief, but they're cheap substitutes from what you truly long for and truly want and need. So addicts are actually spiritual seekers in many ways. They really want the relationship with God. They really want that connection to God. And yet they're filling it with all these things that don't give them connection. They mm. think it's going to work and it gives them temporary relief, but it makes them feel worse and worse over time. Think about social media. You're addicted to social media and it gives you a temporary relief when you use it, but then you, you're left feeling empty and alone and isolated when you're done with it. It's a temporary, it's a temporary relief. The same thing with pornography. You get addicted to porn and you'll look at it, even though you know you really shouldn't, you know it's not good for you, but you do it. It gives you temporary relief, but doesn't restore you. And then you feel more and more guilt and shame the more you do it. But it's like a drug. You keep returning to it, expecting to feel better, but that's insanity because you expect it to change, but it doesn't. And yet you keep doing it. And then it leads you to feeling worse and worse and worse. But all addictions pretty much are the same in terms of the root cause. They all yes. are the root of feeling separate and not one. And then trying to fill that gap, that hole in our soul with things that will never fill it. You have a God-sized hole that only God can fill. Everyone does. I have mm. one. You have one. Everyone listening has one. Only God can fill it. You can't. Now, in terms of community, and connection of addiction programs, as we move towards that separation towards other people, we start to heal because now we're around other people. We're around community. Yep. And in a loving relationship, relational psychology shows that you heal in a loving relationship. That does help you heal. But why? Because we're moving from separation towards oneness, towards connection, which starts the healing process. But it doesn't involve the ultimate healing. Like it helps you heal because you're moving away from, from, from self towards others, which is helpful. Same thing with self-love. Self-love is helpful because instead of self-loathing, you're now self-loving, which is going to help you heal because you feel less separate. So it's like a continuum. You're moving towards wholeness and healing, but it's not going to take you fully there. You can't replace the God that will heal the hole in your soul with community. You need both. So community helps you, but it yeah. can't do the ultimate act of healing that only God can do. And yeah. people need to understand that. And so that's why, for instance, with addiction programs, those that believe in a higher power 
are very helpful, right? And we find that that helps them move towards healing as well because they're moving away from self towards a greater power that's connected them to a greater power. Again, that's very helpful. But can you heal with a stranger? No. no. Has to be a loving relationship. Well, if God is just some higher power, but it's not a personal God, and God is a stranger, then you can't heal. Right. Has to be a personal God. Has to be a God that loves you, a God that forgives you, a God where there's a relationship. The creator of the universe wants a relationship with you. And in that relationship with you, wants to take the hole in your soul and make you whole, W-H-O-L-A. And as you become whole, you experience his holiness. Because when you're now one with God and connected to his spirit and your spirit, you will become holy because his nature becomes your nature. His love becomes your your love because you become one spirit, one nature. And in that oneness, what happens is then the renewing starts to take place. The healing takes place. The restoration takes place. And that's why we have to make time for prayer and surrender and connection with our creator and receiving his love and forgiveness to allow that to heal us from the inside out. And that doesn't happen by just saying, oh, there's a higher power that I don't know that doesn't know me. Yeah, it will move yeah. you away from it will move you away from self, which is a good thing. So I'm not condemning it. But the real ultimate healing, the next level healing, the cleansing happens from our creator and our savior who wants to save us and transform us and redeem us and restore us. And that's when I realized that in someone who wasn't a follower of Jesus until I was 35 years old and realized, oh, it makes so much sense. <laughs> separation happened in the garden. The Old Testament story is a story of separation, Adam and Eve in the garden, separating from each other and from God relationally. And God is a God of relationships. God is all about relationships. God is a relationship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is right. relational. So think about it. When you heal, the relationship of God is healing you. So you're healing in the relationship you have with God, who is a relationship. So of course he would heal you through relationships of others as well and himself. So the goal now is in is rest restoration. And then Jesus comes thousands of years later after the story of Adam and Eve. But yet we know that there's a separation that happened. And then Jesus is all about oneness, restoring you back to the creator by taking your burden, taking your pain, taking your sin, taking your shame and guilt, taking it all, giving you his spirit, you now becoming one spirit with him, joined to the Lord with one spirit. And in that love and forgiveness, now healing you back yeah. to oneness. It just makes so much sense. Like, again, and this is not about religion. This is like, what's the problem? Separation. What's the solution? Love and forgiveness. Okay. If there's inflammation of the soul, which is holding on to shame and guilt, how do you heal the body? Well, you have to remove inflammation. All right. There's always a system of removing inflammation. God provides for it. How did he provide for the inflammation of our soul at the spiritual level? Oh, Jesus. He comes and removes the inflammation and through love and forgiveness allows the healing to take place. It makes so much sense. That's fantastic. I mean, one of the best explanations I've heard, I think, of integrating addiction recovery concepts with the Gospels. Uh, really, really amazing. Uh, you and I both know that when you have a message that's public-facing, sometimes people think that because you have the message, you got it all figured out. 
And granted, like you've done your work, not to negate the work you've done, but you shared a really powerful story about uh, some of the separation you experienced in your own marriage and how God did a work on your heart. You mentioned earlier couples that pray together, stay together. That really clicked when I heard you say it the first time a couple of months back. And my wife and I have been praying every night since then. It's been really helpful for us. So I have you to thank for that. But can you share the story behind it? Because I, um, I think it'll tie this together a little bit. It ties a big time together because I want people to know I have a hole in my soul. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not Jesus. And I'm definitely not God. <laughs> it's so funny because I teach this. And the other day I was walking. And as I'm walking on the phone, a big old truck came by all loud and noisy, interrupted my conversation. And I yelled at the truck. And, <laughs> and I thought to myself, did you just yell at a truck? <laughs> and I write in the book, it's not about the outside. It's always about the inside. But I allowed the outside to affect me in that moment. I was believing the lie that mm. anything outside me can impact how I feel. We often fall for the lie. Mm. And years ago, I was definitely facing the battle in a big way. And I was losing the battle of my mind. A lot of fear, anxiety, doubt, worry. I had a hole that needed to be healed. I had a lot of shame and guilt. I had I had issues of the past. I had unresolved things that I never dealt with. And so I cheated on my wife early in my marriage. And so I'm now I'm 31 years old. And you know, my wife threatens to leave me because I'm miserable and negative. And I'm being negative towards her. And she didn't know about this at the time, but she knows that I wasn't being, you know, just a great husband and a great father. And I was looking outside my marriage for validation. See, I felt separate. So now I'm looking for validation outside to fill the hole in my soul. Instead of going to God, I was going to others. And when I say cheating, I want people to know like there's different levels of cheating. I didn't, I didn't do the big cheating as you might think. But I, I still cheated and it was still wrong and it was still sin. So I, I want to make that clear because people have this image of me. And if you've done that and you've been there, I don't have any judgment of you either because it's yeah. all the same. It's it's all it's all looking outside your marriage. It's all betrayal. And that was me. And I wasn't a follower of Jesus at the time. I hadn't healed in a lot of ways. And, and, and my wife had enough of me. Well, then I'm 40 years old and I told her the truth. I told her what had happened back then. We were walking on the beach one day and God kept telling me I had to tell her, had to tell her, had to tell her. Not to make myself feel better, but because there was something in the way yeah. of our marriage. It was causing separation. So we weren't as intimate or as connected as we could be. And in telling my wife what had happened, she first was ready to punch me. She <laughs> wanted to leave me. Yeah, She was angry and betrayed and hurt and then wanted to divorce me and was actually getting ready to divorce me. I was like, honey, but that was so long ago. I became a follower of Jesus at 35, you know, 36. Started to change my life in many ways. My heart, my soul, everything within me changed. What I write about, knowing the oneness, knowing the separateness. I went through that. The renewing of my mind started to happen. My good friend, Erwin McManus, who's a very well-known pastor, who led me to Jesus. And now we're like best friends. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, he's like, you have become so much wiser over the years. Like he's seen firsthand. Like we even talked about the one truth the other day at the airport. We were hanging out together, going somewhere. And he said, he said, it's amazing how like you're a great steward for this message because you've lived it and you've really gone from separateness to oneness yourself. Mm. And Jesus has healed you and renewed your mind in amazing ways that you're able to write these books that you can write and do this work that you're doing. And you get these incredible insights and it happens in my prayer time, my surrender time, my trust time. So I've gone from separate to oneness, but back to my wife, she was going to leave. And I met a guy on a plane and this guy literally was a stranger, but I started to pour my heart out to this guy about how 
my wife was going to leave me and what was going on. And I was going to give a speaking engagement. I'm now a successful writer and speaker at the time. I have best-selling books. I'm speaking. He still didn't know who I was, which was great. And I'm telling him about what I'm going through. And I'm like, can you believe she wants to leave me? I'm not even that guy anymore. I had changed so much. I was a completely different person, completely yeah. different. Jesus totally transformed my heart and soul, which is what he does when you allow him to. And he said, you know what my wife and I do? We pray every night before bed. He said, it's changed our marriage. We, we just say a prayer every night. And he told me the prayer. I didn't remember it, but I remember praying to God, God, what prayer should I say with Catherine before we go to bed? Give me a prayer, God. And God literally gave me a prayer. And I wrote it down right away. And it was, God, we invite you into our marriage to love us, to unite us, to heal us and to strengthen us so we can go strong together and serve you together and raise children that glorify and honor you, God. Hmm. And I started saying that every night. Well, first I sat on the couch and then I made my way back to the bed. <laughs> Eventually my wife let me stay in bed, but she would not talk to me. So now we're laying there. I literally, if I got too close to her, she's like, don't even think about it. And so <laughs> now we're now we're just staying there. And I would say it before bed, not knowing that she was actually listening. So you would say it out she, loud? I said out loud. Wow. And then she started to listen, she said. At first she wouldn't even listen. Then she started to listen. Then she heard it. Then she told me that she would mouth it as I was saying it, but it was dark. So I didn't see it. So, cause she wanted forgiveness. She wanted to heal. And then one day, probably after like two weeks, she grabbed my hand and she said, that was the day she chose to forgive me. And wow. that was the day of healing in our marriage. And everything changed after that, like everything. And that's when we started to say the prayer together out loud every night and have been doing it ever since. Our marriage has improved so much by praying together like that. And then also we had the realization or the revelation that we needed to have a covenant, not marriage vows, but a covenant with God that we would be faithful to each other and God. So, mm. so if we cheated on each other ever in, in our lives in the future, we struck down by lightning. Like it had, <laughs> it, it was a right. covenant with the creator of the universe and yeah. each other. And that was binding us together. And we made God the center of our marriage, of our prayer life, of the covenant, and really just making him the center to do his work, to do his mission, to be one together with him and with each other. And now here we are, 28 years together, 26 years of marriage, wow. stronger than ever. That's now 13 years after that happened, after she almost left me. And we are better than ever because of that experience. And what you uncover, God will cover with his grace. So if you have an addiction, you know this, when you stop denying it and you uncover it, yeah. God will start to cover it with his grace. What we cover and we hide in guilt and shame, God will eventually uncover and it won't be good. So it's always good to let it be uncovered, even though it's painful at first, but then allow healing to take place. See, so many men and women, when we have our issues and our challenges of our, of our past, it's painful to expose them. Yeah. And it's why we don't expose them. And it's why we don't get healed. A walk with God, as you're walking with God, he's going to expose your wounds. He's going to allow you to feel pain. Yeah. But we spend billions of dollars avoiding pain. <laughs> billions of dollars of prescription drugs. Look at yeah. the industry to avoid pain because we don't like to be in pain. So that's why we actually never go through the healing process because you have to go through the pain process in order to heal. 
But mm. God is not going to let you walk through life without feeling it, experiencing it, and exposing it so the healing could take place. So it's like he'll remove the bandaid off. And then from there, it's going to be painful. But that's when healing can start to take place. So I went through that pain, and we all must go through it, for then God to allow his healing magic and his healing work of love and forgiveness to go through it. So I want to tell people, it's going to be painful. Yeah. But allow yourself to go through the process of doing that. Uncover it. Address the issue. Share it openly. When you share it openly, you are powerful. You are no longer powerless. No one can attack you when you share it. I'm sharing my wounds right here. I'm sharing what I've done. Guess what? I'm telling you I'm not perfect. So you could say anything to me and I have nothing to hide. I have nowhere to hide and I have no need to hide. So knowing that gives you a tremendous sense of power and that allows you to experience the connection with God instead of having that 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 um, blockade between you two. Now you're connecting. All that wall, all those walls dissolve and now you can become one and that's when real healing takes place through the trust and renewal of that of that of that relationship you have with him. So that's what happened to me, happened with my wife. And it's only been upward from there by being open and honest about the challenge and allowing healing to take place. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's a good word about pain too. Like I'm, I'm a big believer, man is only as strong as his ability to confront his own pain. And how much trouble do we get ourselves into just because we, we medicate and we avoid, like you were saying. Um, well, add addiction is medication, any form. So we're really actually using it as a medication to numb out and to not feel the pain that we feel or the low state of mind that we have. Like I wrote in The One Truth, you'll do everything to avoid the low state you have. And the discomfort caused you to seek out solutions and all these other ways. So to me, addiction is so simple in understanding it. I'm not saying it's easy. Yes. I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is the process, especially when you've been through addiction for a long time and you've been addicted and there's a physical component to it now. And every other every other thing that holds you back. But I do know that through the cleansing of Jesus, of love and forgiveness, and allowing that oneness to take place in that connection through trust and prayer over time, I know that that any addiction can be healed if you're willing to confront it, feel the pain, and allow for the healing. And guess what? Receive the healing. One yeah. final thing on that, I think so often because you've done something wrong, because you feel shame and guilt, you don't feel worthy to receive the healing. But the mm. truth is, God thinks you're worthy already and God loves you, not for what you've done, but for who you are. And you are worthy. And in that worthiness, in that worthiness, he is ready to heal you at a moment's notice. So receive, receive the healing that God wants to give you. Don't, yeah. don't turn away. So many people don't think they deserve it, so they never allow it, and it never happens, and they never receive it. Receive the healing that God wants to give you. Because me, I'm like, hey, God, you want to heal me? I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> I receive it. And I say it all the time, even to this day. God, I receive your healing. I receive your wisdom. I receive your guidance. I receive your renewal. I receive your restoration. And now you're looking to God, not the substitute or the item that make you feel better. Yeah. And it's so refreshing. To, oh, go ahead. Yeah. One other thing. Oh, this is so key. You'll never fill a spiritual void with physical things. Wow. Wow. You'll never fill a spiritual void with physical things. We always try to fill with all the stuff. And what you really want is the spirit of God. Dang. Yeah. That's so well said. Um, 
Yeah, just just incredible, John. I can't think of a more appropriate message for the day and age we're in, even beyond the scope of what we're doing here with addictions and all that, because like I said, we are so lonely, we are, we are, we are so separated. And thank you. Thanks for just writing this and everything you've gone through. If people want to connect more with you, they want to find out what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that, John? Well, first I want to say, I want to encourage people, if you're feeling lonely and disconnected, reach out to others and join a community, join a support group, join an organization that helps people heal and connects people. In that relationship, you'll find healing. But remember, Mm -hmm. if you lie to God and lie to yourself, you'll also lie to them. So (laughs) any group is only as good as you being willing to confront yourself and being truthful with yourself and truthful with others. And when you're truthful, you can now support each other. So I don't want you to be alone. I don't want you to be disconnected. Find those groups that allow you to move away from separateness and towards a community where connection and healing could take place. So definitely do that. For me, you can find me at johngordon.com, J-O-N, gordon.com, Instagram, Twitter, at J-O-N, Gordon, 11. Threads is out now, so I'm on Threads at John Gordon. <laughs> hey, let's go. 11 <laughs> as well, J-O-N, Gordon, 11 as well. And I have no judgment. We're all on a journey. Wherever you are with your addiction, guess what? I understand it. I mm. get it. And there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing broken. You've just allowed the separation to take hold and you're believing the lie. And the Mm -hmm. key is to get back to the truth. And so I hope the one truth guides you in that. I hope it encourages you. And I know as you read it, you're going to find such great insight in it, but it's not the end all be all. The goal of it is to move you towards the oneness and the relationship with your creator. And most of all, I hope you do that and find that because that will give you the strength you need that you can't do on your own. None of us can do it on our own. We are better together. And then together we accomplish amazing things. And none of us can do it without our creator who loves us. That's so well said. We'll put links in the in the show notes to everything. Um, and the one thing I just want to mention too, you were saying this earlier, but I think we sometimes forget that God is more excited about our healing and our recovery than even we are, right? Like we're not twisting his arm here trying to get him on board. He's already like the wheels are in motion. We just need to hop on board and, and join the momentum he started. So John, thank you so much for for your time today for this message. I appreciate you, man, and appreciate the work you're doing. I appreciate you. And I got an image of God at that moment. Like when, when, when we find our way back, you know what he's saying? Welcome back. I've been waiting for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for you. (laughs) Love it, man. Thank you. Thank you again. We're cheering you on. Uh, Thank you, my brother. Alrighty. Well, hey, um, as that's pretty much as good as it gets, this guy is crystal clear in his communication absolutely phenomenal in the work he does. And I highly recommend you guys go get his book, The One Truth. I got my own copy. I'm loving it. And I know that you will too. And if you were listening to my interview with John and you're saying, you know what, this is hitting home. Oh my gosh, I'm isolated. I'm alone. I'm separate. I'm disconnected. I need to get connected again. I want to be one in my relationship with God, but also in in my relationships with the people that I love and that mean the most to me. Well, um, this is your chance to do it I have a program called Deep Clean that helps men get to the roots of porn addiction. And if you know that it's time to quit pornography, it's time to build back relationships with God, with your loved ones, it's time to really get your life on track and get things in place. This is your chance to do it, my friend. And so there's a link in the show notes for you to book a call with somebody on our team. I want you to go ahead and do that. And just so you know, on these calls, you're going to find out more about what we do. We want to find out more about your situation. We're going to see if it's a help. And hopefully in the process, uh, we're going to be able to explore a solution together that's going to help you get to the roots of this issue, experience oneness with God, experience healing in your relationships, 
and really walk in freedom so you can become everything that God made you to be. So the link is in the show notes. John's book, um, The One Truth, is available on all major platforms. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate it. And honestly, interviews like today make all of this worth it. So um, if you got some value, please make sure that you are sharing this with people in your circles. We want to spread the word as much as we can, especially with a guest like this. And so share it with your leaders, your pastors, your friends, your family, roommates, anybody that you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Please share the word with them. Tell them your favorite part about it. And that would mean the world to us. Thank you in the meantime for listening, guys. We're cheering you on. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.